1: Welcome to Yolitix, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics.
2: Hey again everybody, uh, welcome back to Yolitics for another week. Jason and Jason here, both of us uh, having a, uh, a brew today. What are you having?
0: Man, I got two out of the fridge, I'm not sure what to have. Uh, it's been it's been one of those days already, so I think I'm going to go for the darker beer, darker beer, the Oktoberfest.
2: We're recording this in the morning, yeah, by the way, so it's been it's that kind of day already. I'm going
0: to have an Oktoberfest Marks and Lager. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, I'll uh, I, I push the milk aside. I'm going to crack Jeez. this one up, man. What, this is from RAR. Uh, you know, everyone makes Oktoberfest. I, I'm a big fan of, of the German Oktoberfest beers, but uh, Rahr and Sons, which is Fort Worth, man, they make a very good uh, Marzen lager. What are you drinking, man? I,
2: I'm dipping down to Granberry today and having a Backyard Bee from Revolver. I've never had that. Is it good? Uh, I think you had that. Not Didn't
0: you have this not no, long I had, ago? I like the uh, Local Buzz. I'm a big fan of Local Buzz. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I get all the all those mixed up. And and cheers, yeah, by right. the way. Cheers. Uh, because did you, do you know why we're, we're, we're cheering? Uh, one
0: year, what, is it our anniversary? No. It's not our birthday.
2: No, 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 it's not our anniversary. But, but, you know, oddly, we've become like, you know, forget about Brangelina, all those, you know, where you combine the two names. Uh, not long ago, last week, I was walking along, and I have one of those faces that looks like... <laughs> everybody else's face I've been mistaken for all kinds of people and uh, every now and then somebody knows me as who I really am and so there's this guy he's walking along young guy too so the, the young people are listening and watching uh, and he goes hey you're the guy from the news and I said yeah I am and he goes it's uh, Jason and I said yeah and then he's like still trying to formulate the last name and he says Wheatley <laughs> So it was like half Wheeler, half Whiteley. Wheatley. We'll take it, right? That is our new name. We'll huh? take it.
0: I'm glad you met our, our listener because uh, I haven't met him yet. Yeah. And uh, I'm I am <laughs> interested in meeting him. Nice guy? <laughs>
2: it's, it, yeah, he was a very nice guy. So it's not just our moms anymore. There's a guy out there who listens and has very efficiently put us together as Jason Wheatley. so it it, it worked out perfectly. I think it has I think it rolls off the tongue better than Brangelina. so you Much know they yeah, can we just, just move over the there.
0: Name. Forget y'all takes we'll just call it Wheatley. We should do it.
2: <laughs> JW, Jason Wheatley. Uh, so this week, well, you know, we're talking about uh, something that I think has gotten uh, a lot of people talking and this, you know, uh, right after what happened in Georgia with them passing the uh, voter laws there, that is now law there. We have some bills here in Texas that are being considered and uh, people get hot about this on both sides. Uh, we are kind of taking some of the heat out of that today, though, and and trying to focus in on what it really means. Yeah,
0: what it means and and how it might affect people too so we're, we're talking about the potential voting changes and if you've been around for a hot second in, in texas or even anywhere near us you know that texas is now making national news for these uh potential changes to election law um and, and we are taking the politics out of this and and getting down to the nitty-gritty you ever seen that movie the uh uh what's the jack black film natural libre let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. I love that line. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember yeah, that line. line. But, you know, that that's what we're going to do in, in this episode of Yolitics, is, is talk about this. And for the longest time, you know, we, we are, uh, what, four months into the legislature now, I think four months today. And uh, they only have, what, six weeks, five, six weeks left. And I, we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out, will there be a flashpoint bill? Will, will there be something that that both sides, you know, go to their aisles on and and don't, uh, you know, uh, negotiate with and come to find out this is that bill. And this, this mm-hmm. is uh, one of those that you have might have seen the headlines, voter suppression, voter restrictions, changes to voter laws. That's what we're talking about here. We have three very powerful guests we're going to get to in a moment. Uh, Ray Perryman, I'm going to have you talk about Ray in just a moment, but he's the economist who uh, did a study to t- to see how, if passed, this might actually affect Texas. We're talking to the business side, yeah. and we're talking to the legal side as well, Jason.
2: Yeah, you know, something that's interesting to me about this is a lot of times legislators consider different things and, you know, they go through the process and, and, and they get it passed and nobody really knows what the fallout might be from what they've done. And you just have to sort of figure that out in real time as you go forward. What's odd about this is that Dr. Ray Perryman, who is with the Perryman Group, in Waco uh they are n- number cruncher extraordinaire types they, they crunch numbers on all kinds of things related to industry and all of that uh been around for a long time they went and they did the math they've got a bunch of mathematicians and statisticians and all that on staff they went and did the math of what they think this could mean if indeed Texas signs these bills into law and it wasn't pretty uh there are some negatives in there and there are some uh, lots of zeros uh uh, and so basically they added this up and said this will cost the state many, many billions of dollars uh, over, uh, you know, the, the years ahead. Uh, and, and it was not a flattering report.
0: And, and so Ray is with us right now. And, and Ray, our, our first question is, you know, what's been the reaction that you guys have had so far?
1: Well, you always get reaction when you put something like this out. We we have done this many times over the years. And basically what we're trying to do is is take some of the noise out of it and just boil it down to some key economic issues. And uh, we've been around long enough and enough people are aware of us that uh, that, yes, we, we have gotten quite a bit of reaction from this one, as you can imagine. Now, does that include from uh, elected leaders? Have you been getting calls? Uh, a few, not 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 too many at this point, but but, but a few, uh, quite a few from others who may be in a position to to uh, influence that sort of thing. Well, y- y'all have been around for a while, Ray. Right? What are those leaders saying to you? Well, basically, you know, it, it, obviously, there's a lot of politics in this. And uh, one, one, one group is very pleased that I did it. One group is not so pleased that I did it. You know, that that that's the nature of the beast. But uh, and, and and as I said the other day, you're not going to take the politics out of this. You're not going to. Hmm. What I'm hoping we can do is put the economics into it as well and let people realize that part of the reason why so many corporations and so many organizations are expressing concern about this is because it really can have some pretty significant economic
2: impacts. I was going to ask you, when you deal with something that's this heated of an issue, how do you convince people out there? Because people, you know, they get into their camps here. And even if you show your work, you show the math, as it were, uh, they don't want to hear what you have to say in some cases if you're going against them on something like this. How do you convince people that this isn't political from your end, that you're not just, you know, this this anti-GOP guy who's trying to, you know, pull the rug out from under them?
1: Well, it, it's harder than it used to be. I will tell you. Over the years, the uh, the, the 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 folks who pay attention to the information had I would say that as a percentage of the total, it's probably gone gone down a little bit. But. We have been doing this for over 40 years. There are issues where that, that I have been involved in that are pro GOP, that are anti GOP. If you want to look at it that way, I never do. But but we but people, I think, pretty much know at this point. We just we put the numbers out and let the numbers speak. I mean, we you know when, when it comes to, to issues like like free trade and some judicial reforms, we 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 might appear to be politically on 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 the uh, on, on the right. When it comes to issues like uh, like child maltreatment and Medicaid and, and and that sort of thing, we may appear to be on the left. But actually, we're, we're, we're neither one. We're we're basically just doing the numbers.
0: Well, let's talk about the numbers. Uh, the, the staggering figure that you put out essentially says in the next four years, if this legislation passes and becomes law, that Texas will lose an estimated 14 billion dollars in annual gross product and more than 73,000 jobs. So for our listeners who uh, didn't take economics classes, give us an idea how how you arrived at this figure and, and where these jobs and these uh, dollar losses come from.
1: Sure. And, and, and as you know, this is a fairly extensive study. And uh, obviously, if people want to read it, they certainly can. That's actually one piece of it. That's what I call the internal piece of it. There's also an external piece. The internal piece is basically it's been shown time and time again in studies that dating back to the 60s, that when people have less access to voting, that, that their earnings go down uh, as a group. And, and we've, we've seen much evidence of that over time, because they don't have access to the political process as much. They don't have access to education funding and job opportunities and many other things. And so one aspect of this, and the aspect you just mentioned, the $14.7 billion, 73,000 job, was just that piece of it, the part that it just happens because the labor market is going to do what the labor market is going to do when you when you bring something like this into it. And as I say, there's there's a ton of evidence about this out there going back all the way to the Voting Rights Act back in the 1960s. So it it goes back a long way. And we cited some of that in the report, obviously.
2: Dr. Perryman, I was a little bit stunned when I saw the numbers that you all came up with. I mean, we're talking, you know, when you talk about between 14 and $15 billion and more than 73,000 jobs in just a matter of about four years, just because of the passage of some laws here, um, I I was taken aback by it. I'm curious, you crunch numbers. You've been, as you say, doing this for a long time. Were you surprised?
1: Uh, overall, when I combine those numbers with the external numbers, which are also important, they, they were a little higher than I, that, that I probably would have expected them to be. I mean, we have done studies in the past. A few years ago, we did a fairly high profile one on the so-called bathroom bill. And we, and we did one on the and, and we, we've done them on, on non-discrimination acts and any number of other things over the years. So I know there are significant consequences to this type of thing. But, but frankly, they were a little higher than I had probably anticipated they
2: would be. I want to ask you, because you said external numbers there, and, and, and that, you know, includes the, you know, the loss of conventions and, and maybe some you know major league baseball, all-star games, whatever it may be. Uh, so are we framing it right when we say, you know, you're predicting that, you know, we could lose, you know, $14.7 billion and more than 73,000 jobs? Or is that understating it? Do we need to lump in that external?
1: Well, they're, they're, they come from different sources, but but it's a completely separate thing. The one that we just talked about, the $14.7 billion, is, as I said, that's internal to the labor market. That's what happens when you introduce this into a labor market and let it work its way through the economic system. It's, 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 it's really in the weeds of economic modeling. The other piece of it is the external piece, I call it. That is, how do people react to this? And there's a couple of components to that. The, the, one of them is uh, the tourism, and you you, you touched on that. Uh, the fact that, that when you have, uh, you, you have a dish, when you have this type of legislation, there are simply people who don't want to come here and, and don't want to spend their money here. And, and there's been a lot of survey evidence developed about that over the years. We took a very conservative approach to all that, come up with numbers. The other piece, which is very important, and we're seeing it playing out now in some of the national stances, some of the companies are doing and that sort of thing is the economic development side of it. The fact that, that people don't, uh, that, that companies don't want to locate in places where their knowledge workers don't want to work. And that's a lot of high-profile, high-growth companies. And, and so we were able to, to take a look at that piece of it as well. And, and those two pieces are very significant. And, of course, within the tourism piece, the things that get a lot of attention is, for example, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game moving out of, out of Georgia recently. Uh, when we back, uh, you know, the, the potential Texas hosts that on occasion. We host the Super Bowl. We host the Final Four. We host the Big 12 championship every year. We host South by Southwest and many, many national conventions around the state. And so there's, there's a lot of, of, of potential loss there as well.
2: And that's even steeper.
1: Yeah, but, but you, you know, Dr. Perry, we, we haven't heard of
0: uh, of any, you know, threats like that from businesses. Um, American Airlines and Dell have, have, you know, kind of come out against this. AT&T has kind of given a, a gray
1: statement on it, but, but we haven't heard of any threats, have we? Well, I mean, if this passes. Those, those folks have expressed opposition to it. Where you see this happening, unfortunately, there's been enough observation out there. We, we can examine some of this uh, pretty carefully. Um, where you see it happening is usually after a bill is passed. Uh, and and that, that's when you start to see these things happen. I mean, we saw a lot of, of threats around the bathroom bill. We didn't pass the bathroom bill, so none of those materialized. If we had passed it, more than likely we would have seen what North Carolina saw, which was a, a, a very significant withdrawal. So, yeah, it's more at this point in time saying this is not what we want. This is not where our workers want to be. This is not the type of environment we want to be in. Uh, But until we're in that environment, you probably wouldn't see those type of corporate uh, reactions. That occurs over a period of time. But again, it's it's very well documented to have occurred.
2: I know that the new laws there in Georgia haven't been on the books for very long, but uh, can you see this in real time? Are you already starting to see that there, these things unfold?
1: Well, it takes a little while for things to work their way through the system, but certainly we're seeing it with regard to, as you said, the, the all-star game. Mm-hmm. We did some analysis. What would it mean if Texas lost an all-star game? That's one of the things we put in the report. That's about $127 million in tourism revenue in Texas. Probably a relatively similar number in, in Georgia. I mean, those are, those are good-sized numbers right there. You see that. But, but, but I think more importantly, you're seeing a lot of companies begin to say, you know, Georgia, if, as long as this is in place, Georgia's not gonna be on our list of places to grow and expand. And of course, Georgia's been a very uh, expansive state in recent years. That They've really come to dominate the film industry. They have a nice tech sector there. Uh, they've really become, Atlanta in particular, has become a major hub of all sorts of economic activity. It started to the south, what Dallas-Fort Worth is to the southwest. I mean, it's become the, the real central hub of a major part of the country. And when you put that in jeopardy, obviously you're gonna see some impacts. Thus far, it's primarily been Talk of what won't happen in the future, obviously, with the, with the high-profile thing, of course, being the all-star game. Let's
0: talk about influence for a moment. Businesses obviously had a tremendous influence on the bathroom bill. And it seemed like the bathroom bill had a lot – people understood that. That was something that was almost tangible uh, as opposed to this one, this legislation here. How influential do you think businesses will be for this legislation? And how influential are these uh, economic forecasts, do you think, and, and uh, you know – public opinion and, and the final votes in uh, the legislature?
1: Well, it, it's hard to say how how influential our, our analysis could be. There, there are times when it's, when over the years, when our stuff has been fairly pivotal, there's been times it hasn't been. Uh, so it's very difficult to say what the reaction will be there. Well, part of what we were trying to accomplish here was just to give people a different perspective to look at this. I mean, this is this is not just a, a, a back and forth political uh, issue. There are some very, very real economic consequences to it business as you mentioned had a very big influence on on the uh, on the bathroom bill uh, a similar group of companies around the country and by that I mean primarily your tech and uh, and your, your hospitality type companies your large ones are beginning to weigh in pretty significantly on these bills around the country and if if, if they choose to, to get very aggressive and very engaged uh, they, they potentially can have a significant impact on this uh, so it's it's one of those situations where where hopefully our information gives people in the business community and the political community and and elsewhere s- some additional facts to, to make the decision though, and to really look at it and say we're not just talking about you know what's popular with a certain group of voters or something like that right now we're talking about some things that will fundamentally affect the lives of texans for a long time to come
2: you know we asked you if you've heard from lawmakers about this since you put these numbers out several days ago have you heard from people in the business community uh leaders in the business community
1: again we, we we have heard from quite a few business leaders about them as well and and, and I think they're all generally glad we put them out there uh, as you may know the the, the press conference for this was released was actually hosted by business for America which is a large group of business uh, interests that are that are trying to promote uh, fairness in voting around the country and so yeah we, we've had that type of response from it and um and uh, I'm sure we'll continue to get that as, as time goes on you know these things, Sometimes take a while to make their way all the way through the the, the system, but, but although this one got out there pretty fast, I would have to say.
0: So you've done a lot of these reports over the years, as you said, Doctor Perryman. H- whose call do you send a voicemail when the, when they ring in? Who is it? The the, the governor, the lieutenant governor? Who, who who rings in like I do not want to even deal with this right now.
1: Oh, I I've always had a policy. I, I started doing this back in the when we started building the Texas model back in the seventies. I've always had a policy that that information. Is not conservative or liberal or Republican or Democratic, and I have worked with with leaders in both parties for decades. And uh, anytime they ask me to do something, if I'm in a position to help, I certainly try to do that, irrespective of, of the party. I don't I don't think I've ever and uh, intentionally let it let a call of an elected official go to voicemail. You go to voicemail. Well, facts are facts, as
0: you said here too. La- last question I have for you. Obviously, Georgia went first on this. Texas is kind of seeing the fallout, what's happening over there. What does your gut say on this legislation? What's going to happen?
1: Oh, it's difficult to say. I mean, I try to stay out of the politics as much as I possibly can. I know there's a lot of political pressure in some arenas to, tr- to do something uh, like this. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to say how it's going to play out politically. I, I just seem to stay out of that one. I just hope that in the context of having this debate about it, that that uh, that they will take a look at it. It's not just something... It's some kind of symbolic gesture or something like that. It really does have some profound economic consequences.
2: Well, as uh, true to form here, whiteley's giving you his last question. I have two more, uh, of and, course. but but they're both little ones. Uh, the first one is: What made you crunch these numbers? Did someone in particular ask for it, or did you just go? I, I think I, I want to do this.
1: Well, and, and we've we've done both over the years. I mean, we done, uh, but in this particular case, we were, we we were approached by the Texas Civil Rights Project. To, to do this analysis uh,
2: and the other thing is did you uh, have a moment where you thought I don't want to do this one I don't want to touch this one this is going to be a hot potato uh,
1: not really I mean again I've always felt like we, we, we are very blessed with our with our resources the models we built over the years. I think we're very blessed and very fortunate to have a set of resources that can inform a lot of issues and and whether it you know whether it's education, or, or something like this, or, or some type of social policy, or or healthcare, uh, or taxation. I mean, I've I've, I've probably been involved in, a, in hundreds of issues over the years. And, and so I, I really don't, I don't shy away from them. I recognize obviously this one was, was going to be more controversial than some, mm. but, I said, but I felt if we could provide some some useful, beneficial information, that that, that was something that was worthwhile to do. Uh,
2: Dr. Ray Perryman, we know that times are busy right now. We know you're probably getting a lot of emails and phone calls coming in. Uh, So, again, thanks for the time today. We really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. (laughs)
2: <laughs> All right. So uh, Dr. Ray Perryman, there, not painting a very pretty picture of what happens if these bills do become law in Texas, you know, accurately pointing out there's, uh, you know, internal uh, losses that happen with the economy as well as external that comes from, you know, tourism and lack of uh, economic development. And if you combine those... He's saying that uh, the state loses something on the order of like $30 billion by 2025. I mean, it's, it, those are stunning figures, Jason. That's
0: four years away. I mean, that's the thing. 2025 is no longer like this, you know, number way out in the future. It's four years away, less than four years away. And I wonder, though, whether Perryman's report will get more businesses off the sideline. Do businesses care yeah. that much? Because at the end of the day, You know, we saw 180-something businesses that had this website and signed on to opposition to the bathroom bill. This one's pretty different. I mean, you have Mm -hmm. a couple of really big businesses in Texas. You have Dell uh, computers, and you have American Airlines that both have come out strongly against this. Um, and you have, what, AT&T, Dallas-based AT&T, with that little gray comment, how you know, they, they didn't really want to dip their toes in, but they didn't really want to take a position on this either. So will Perryman's numbers and Perryman's forecast, will, will it change anything and get more businesses off the sideline? That's what I'm curious about.
2: Yeah, and then you also have Congressman, uh, former Congressman Beto O'Rourke from here in Texas, uh, uh, going uh, out there with the megaphone and his organization too, saying, "Hey, businesses, you can't just sit this one out. You can't not take a position here. You too will be held accountable if you don't take a position on this, and this actually happens." Uh, So we we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if you know regular citizens get involved here, and in addition to you know maybe calling their legislators to let them know what they think of the. These bills, you know, one way or the other, will they also call companies and say, "Hey, you need to get involved," or "Hey, you need to stay out of this"? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if people get motivated enough here. I think that you know there is sort of this tendency to sit back and think, "Well, you know, somebody else will take care of that," or "That'll work itself out." Uh, will this be one of those things that actually motivates uh, the electorate here? Uh, you know, this is a conversation too for for Sarah Bonk. Uh, she was the founder and. She she is the CEO of an organization called Business for America. It is a nonpartisan uh, group that uh, they focus on political reform and civic organizations, and they bring business into the whole equation. Basically, uh, their philosophy is, is that society works better if you have a more engaged electorate. We're all voting, and businesses are involved in these issues as well. Uh, and uh, and again, they try to work with both parties to get things moved right. forward so I uh, thought she might be an interesting place uh, to, to go with this and one of the things that we you know wanted to ask her about too is you know this this thing last week where we saw this two-page spread in the New York Times where we had hundreds of companies and CEOs signing on to this statement basically supporting uh, voting rights and so we do see this movement happening nationally we're not seeing it so much here in this state just yet but we are seeing it nationally but is it enough?
3: Well, every time you're engaging, especially the business community, there is some caution on their part on how they step out on these issues. And so being able to make a, I don't want to call it vague, a specific statement, but nonetheless, a statement only is sort of the first step on that ladder of engagement, the first step that businesses are willing to take. And I think you're going to see a lot more of them uh, more active publicly as well as privately on these
0: issues. Why are businesses uh, afraid to step out? I mean, I get it on the surface why they're afraid. But on the other end of the spectrum, they're also shelling out thousands of dollars to political candidates as well. So mm-hmm. they're kind of playing the back room back here, but don't want to take, take sides.
3: Yes, I think that a couple a couple reasons for this. Um, number one is, you know, the businesses that we talk to, they're accustomed to weighing in on a whole wide r- range of issues. But how our elections are conducted really is a new um, new field for them. And so part of the caution is wanting to do their due diligence to really understand the bills um, and not just the bills, but that requires you to understand the whole uh, landscape of how uh, elections are conducted.
0: Well, Sarah, let me ask you this. Uh, We've heard in Texas, at least, state leaders here really telling businesses to, frankly, butt out. I mean, they're using those words, butt out. Yeah, yeah. Is that almost an intimidation factor that they're trying to, to put on businesses? I, I, it sure
3: sounds like it, right? Um, it does. Yeah. Well, uh, think about the backlash. This is the other reason I was going to bring up for some of the hesitance that we see is that there has been backlash against businesses. One of the most um, egregious and visible ones, you may recall, uh, it was Delta Airlines stopped giving a discount to NRA members. And not only was that not appreciated by the Georgia state legislature, but they actually undid a tax benefit that they had previously passed. So that's something that hits, you know, the bottom line for these businesses. And of course there've been boycotts in Georgia. Um, I'm using Georgia as a good example because, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously this all played out over the last month and, and, and more. And, um, uh there's that concern about what backlash could look like and they're getting it from both sides so there were folks on the right who said i can't believe coca-cola and delta would come would speak out on this issue they need um general public saying they need to butt out and also saying like we're going to boycott the companies that spoke out against that bill so that boycott is happening and then on the other side you have the grassroots groups civil rights groups and they're saying these businesses should have stepped out stronger faster earlier well, now we're going to boycott you too so it's hmm. a lose-lose situation for some of these companies and it's part of their trepidation
2: hmm. And I think that a lot of companies were sitting on the sidelines there, weren't they, Sarah? Mm -hmm. And they saw what happened when Georgia went first and Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola and Delta came out and and, and made the statements that they did Mm -hmm. and caught the backlash that they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, That certainly had to throw cold water on companies, especially, let's say, in Texas, which you know kind of came next in line where the legislature is considering these voting bills, uh, where a lot of these companies are reluctant to step out there or they're putting out some very tepid statements that you can't Mm -hmm. quite tell where they stand on an issue and you wonder or why are you even putting out a statement?
3: Right. That, that is certainly the case. And you may have seen the um, statement that Microsoft issued. It was Brad Smith made the statement and he was specifically weighing in on the Georgia bill, but really started to break it down like a, a few of the line items to say, like, how is this improving security? How, mm-hmm. you know, we know, I can see that you're restricting access, but how does that improve security? Like we want facts. We want to when we think the lawmakers have a an obligation to inform folks of, you know, what's happening, what's in the bill and why, the reason that they're doing it. Um, so it is, uh, it's tricky for them to weigh in on those issues for those, all of those reasons. And there was back, you know, conversations in the back room saying like, hey, state of Georgia, leg- um, legislators, we don't want you to um, do the following things, but they didn't do it publicly. And so um, that was part of the reason for the backlash too. If they had been more proactive up front come out clearly against the bill, maybe some of that would have uh, been avoided.
0: Sarah, I'm sure you saw a few years ago, the bathroom bills mm-hmm. that were kind of floating around. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Well, T- Texas had one as well, too. And and it, the whole thing played out really differently because mm-hmm. that bill was defeated, mm-hmm. I think, simply because of the, the massive business presence that that uh, you know, there there. I think there were 180 different companies. They had a mm-hmm. web presence on mm-hmm. there, and they were saying this is bad for business for the state. This this will impact impact us for a long time. In Texas, when it comes to this voter uh you know voter changes, mm-hmm. we just haven't seen that. We've seen AT and with a tepid statement. Mm-hmm. American Airlines came out against it. Dell Computers came out against it. But that's three or four. I'm yeah. sure there may be a you know a handful of others. There just doesn't seem to be like a lot of business presence in this state, mm-hmm. considering that we have what six weeks or so left in the legislative session, right? And these bills look like they're really you know really going to pass.
3: It certainly seems that way. One of the companies we spoke to, you know, a lot of this is kind of off the record information, so I'll leave the business names out of it. But they said we don't want to play whack a mole because. Georgia's not the only state. Texas isn't the only state. And then the bills are going to come back and come back. Now, what do you do? Um, Again, it's not their specialization. They're really more interested in how they can generate profit. You know, businesses don't want to get into politics any more than they have to. They like to protect their self-interest and their profitability. But weighing in on social issues, especially something this uh, technically detailed, as well as um, there's just a lot of polarization and rhetoric on both sides um, that, you know, makes, gives them this extra sense of caution. Um, there is, I, th- I would say, for a lot of businesses, a sense of um, safety in numbers, and so mm-hmm. it's wonderful to see uh, companies like AT and T and Dell um, speaking out early um, and making a, a a statement. But yeah, what comes next is hard to tell. Um, I know that there are a lot of business groups contemplating this and how they can support their member companies. But what is the right way to to, um, weigh in? And just like you said, it may pass anyway if they're really determined to pass this particular bill.
2: Um, Sarah, I know that you have uh, a lot of experience in leadership at Fortune 500 companies before you decided to found uh, this nonprofit that you're with now called Business for America. The whole aim of Business for America is to uh, encourage bipartisanship, to Mm -hmm. to make progress, uh, to uh, make the ballot box more accessible and increase civic engagement. You know, when we go down that list there and we look at this current environment that we're Mm -hmm. in, do you ever just think, wow, uh, I've given all this effort, I founded (laughs) this and Mm -hmm. And we're not getting anywhere. (laughs)
3: Well, you know, I think that where we have gotten is to be able to say businesses are uh, understanding these issues better than ever before. They're understanding the costs and the risks for their business when uh, they don't have Uh, election laws that support their employees. And um, so that their attitude towards democracy and elections more generally has changed.
2: Well, we imagine that there uh, are a lot of uh, interesting discussions and a lot of hand-wringing in C-suite mm. offices right now. We had hoped to get uh, some of those CEOs on. Uh, mm-hmm. Several of them politely declined uh, from here in Texas. Uh, but uh, thankfully, we have you, uh, Sarah Bonk, the founder and CEO of Business for America. Uh, thank you for, for doing this with us today. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you. It's my pleasure, gentlemen. Take care.
0: Here's where we are right now on this. We have about five, six weeks left um, in the legislative session, the regular le- legislative session. Constitution says that the session is over at midnight on May 31st every uh, every other year. And so we are winding down uh, a little bit in the legislative session. The Senate has already passed its bill, uh, which is Senate Bill 7, SB 7. You might have seen that hashtag on social media. Uh, It's bill to change the voting laws in this state, make them a little more restrictive, uh, hours and locations, et cetera, banning 24-hour locations. The whole issue now is up to the House of Representatives. And the leader of the House of Representatives is a speaker, and the speaker is Dade Phelan. And I always get Dade—Dade's a great guy, nice guy, but I always get his name mixed up with a buddy of mine in Houston named Dave Phelan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Dade Phelan, the Speaker of the House in Texas, um, he, he talked at length with me with uh, during an interview for Inside Texas Politics about where he stands on this. Is this going to pass? When is it going to come up? It's not going to be this week, he says, because this week is all about the budget for the next two years. And the budget is the one thing that lawmakers have to pass. He's talking about um, House Bill 6, HB 6, and when it's going to come up and why he thinks it should pass. Here he is.
4: House Bill 6 is just, it's about having a uniform election code in the state of Texas. I can tell you that 253 counties ran their elections uh, according to Texas law this last cycle, and one county did not, but it's the largest county in the state of Texas. And In Harris County, they were creating election law every single day. I'm down in South Texas, I'm in that media market. Every day there was a new nuance that they were just throwing out to see if it worked. And that's not how it works. If you wanna change election law, you come to the Texas House Representative, Texas Senate, you introduce bills, we have committee hearings. We have debate, uh, both chambers, and we pass or don't pass bills, and they go to the governor. That's how you change law. You don't change law at the local level because it could go either way. You could have more restrictive. You could have a county that says, yeah, we'll take your, uh, your driver's license, but we also want a passport. Well, that's not right either. So what works in one county needs to be the same election law in 253 counties. We, we don't have different criminal justice codes for different counties. You don't get prosecuted under different laws. So therefore you don't get to run your elections under different laws.
0: Some of the state's largest corporations have come out in opposition to to any changes in voting. And in fact, the Perryman group just came out the other day and said the the legislation, if it passes, could cost $14 billion to the state over the next uh, three or four years and 73,000 jobs. What do you tell businesses who have come out who are concerned who are some of the state's largest?
4: Well, that's an interesting question. And I appreciate it because I've actually reached out to some of those businesses and they haven't called me back. I want Who have you reached them, out to? I'd rather not say because I want to give them the opportunity to return my phone call. Uh, you know, here's the deal. We're not changing election law. We're saying... One county was doing, and how in the House Bill 6, we're saying one county did one thing and everyone else did something that is currently prescribed by law. All House Bill 6 says is this is the law and everyone is gonna to conform to it going forward. I mean, what if, so if one county can afford to have early voting for four months and one county can only afford to have it for two weeks, is that fair in a statewide election? No, but right now, That's what counties were doing. Some were going out there just changing the law. So I would tell those corporations to read House Bill 6 and then come to me and say where they their word is suppression. Show me where suppression is in there, because in Jefferson County, we had a great election. I got reelected. I appreciated the results. I wouldn't be Speaker of the House if the election results I thought, were valid. Right. Great turnout across the state. Republicans did very, very well, despite tens of millions of dollars coming in from out of state. So what, what, was I suppressed in Jefferson County because we weren't doing what Harris County was doing? Of course we weren't. So if there was, if there was suppression going on, you know, last election cycle, I haven't heard it, anything about it from the other 253 counties. So these businesses, I, while I appreciate, you know, them being involved in the political process and while I appreciate the, the jobs and the economic, uh, economic opportunity they provide for my constituents and the other 149 members of the House, I respectfully would ask them to look at House Bill 6 and explain to me where they see suppression i think they're trying to pull us into this debate that's going on in other states like georgia and that simply does not exist in what the house is going to have on the house floor at some point this session
0: will this pass Th- this will absolutely pass the legislature i i don't see any way this does not pass the legislature democrats don't have any votes to stop it in the house so this will pass the house this will pass it's already passed the senate Uh, the governor is going to sign this. The question is, uh, will there be a business impact on this? Will there be legal Mm -hmm. action on this? We've talked to Lena Hidalgo, who's the county judge in Harris County, um, and she says, yeah, we absolutely will look at uh, going to to, to court over this. State Senator Royce West, a Democrat from Dallas, also said legal action will happen if this passes. It's going to pass. Are they going to keep their Mm -hmm. promise? And quick I think you're quick quick note oh, to no, our ahead. to our listeners here if you, that's not gunfire behind me my neighbor's getting <laughs> what a is new it? roof
2: and I'm like oh. right up against the window and you hear like <laughs> oh it's gunfire it's a nail gun yeah
0: it's you hear this machine gun behind me I'm like dude are you kidding me right now but anyways Gosh. That, it's gonna hey, it's at gonna least pass. the
2: gas company finished digging up the street oh, out Lord. there I I got tired of listening to that thing backing up every <laughs> every time we recorded um, you know, I, I I think that the wild card here. You're right, Jason. This is sort of a foregone conclusion that this will saw its way through the legislature and make it to the governor's desk, unless something really odd happens in the process. The big wild card is how much will businesses jump into this? Uh, as we have started to see a little bit of activity there, as we were talking to Sarah, how much will the electorate jump into this? We know that uh, there are you know a, a sizable number of people out there who aren't happy about this. How much will that matter if some cages start getting Rattled here. Uh, You know, do people show up? Do they protest? Do they start making those calls? Uh, It'll be interesting to see if that happens. And if it happens, is it enough to change the calculus a little bit? Because Republicans in this state are doing it very differently than what they did in Georgia. In Georgia, it was like lightning fast, and it took a lot of people by surprise how quickly it made it uh, to that uh, signing table where you saw Governor Kemp putting his signature on it. And I mean, it happened, uh, you know, at the speed of light there. Here, they're pulling back and letting the budget sort of take priority right now. And then they're going to get to that. And so that does give either the chance for people to sort of get lulled to sleep and not really think much about this, or it gives them the chance to organize and start to, you know, develop a protest to this. Let's see how that goes.
0: We'll see how it goes. I I just, I don't see any way that it, it, it doesn't pass though. And whether businesses can muster enough support this late in the game to try to defeat that is is going to be really fascinating
2: we've got the link to the full report uh, from the Perryman group about this uh, all the numbers laid out for you right there if you want to have a look at that we're, we're, uh, thanks as always for listening did you have no, something else we're
0: not just a podcast we're on the world wide web as well oh, so yeah we're all, all know, over the place
2: I mean and I mean, we're worldwide, we're everywhere, and that's why people, you know, when you walk down the street, they go, you, well, you are Jason Wheatley, I, couldn't, I know you. I couldn't
0: be more tickled that you met our listener finally, um, and, <laughs> and I can't wait to meet him myself, so that, that's the, that's certainly the good news, and you know, hat off to him, I, I would take my hat off, when my hair's messed up, um, but yeah, hats off to this guy for listening to us.
2: Yeah, you have met him actually, because we are one now, we are Jason <laughs> Wheatley.
0: All right, that does it for uh, this episode of Yolitics. Uh, I'm Jason Wheatley.
2: And I'm Jason Wheatley. We'll see, Thanks for listening. We'll, we'll see, see you next again week. next week. All
0: right. <laughs>